Hey, and welcome to the CCWC podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome and good evening. I know that several of you said good morning to me. I got practiced up during the the four o'clock service, so I was able to remember. Um, But we are so um, excited you chose to join us for this time as we embark on this last service before the celebration of the coming of Jesus. I don't know about you. Um, Perhaps you've been there before as a parent, or perhaps you've been there before as an aunt or an uncle or even a grandparent, but for whatever reason, uh, there's nothing like that anticipation that we have as an expecting mother or father or friend or family member when that child is, is months out, is weeks out, is days out, is hours, or maybe even moments away from coming. Certainly, I uh, remember uh, each of my children, my three children, uh, when, when my wife told me that we were going to be having a baby, she was expecting, and we were going to be parents. And I remember specifically the first child uh, that we had when I became a father uh, for the first time. And I remember her saying, uh, we're going to have a baby. And I remember kind of the, the next few months thinking about the way that things were going to change. And certainly I didn't know exactly all the things that were going to happen, but I recognized that I was going to be a dad. I recognized there was going to be responsibility. I recognized that things were never going to be the same as soon as this child was born. And the interesting thing that I note is sometimes I forget a little bit about those experiences leading up to our children's birth, each one of them. I forget about the fact that, hey, you know what, I remember we had to do this thing where we had to get to the hospital at this certain time or what the nurses said or all those. I kind of forget about those experiences until the birthday comes and I'm reminded again and again and again what took place on that day. But when we celebrate this birthday tomorrow, we're reminded of the impact that this birth has had on our lives. We're reminded by the impact as you, maybe as a believer or even possibly as a seeker, the impact that this birth can and have, can and does have on the lives of the human creation, those that were created in God's identity, those that now live in this time. You know, certainly we can celebrate Christmas any day. We can celebrate Christmas in any moment. But as for whatever reason, this season that calibrates us, that brings us back to remembering who God is and perhaps even remembering that time when we experience something greater than just an initial birth, but, but the rebirth and what that rebirth really means. So if you've been here the last several weeks, you recognize that we've been going through a series called Noel. And within the context of this series, we've explored different, uh, different things that Noel means, different um, descriptions, different words, different phrases. We talked about how Noel is uh, specifically in and of itself is good news. It's the good news we have, the hope that we have in the good news. We talked about the reality that, that it actually means Christmas. Noel means Christmas, and it means that this whole uh, recognition of the holiday, this whole recognition of this birthday together, and it brings us into the third one, which means birthday, the joy of the birthday that we celebrate. 
The fourth thing, what we talked about last week, is the fact that Noel also means a Christmas carol, a hymn, something that we sing, a a projected uh, time of, of praising and worshiping the God who's created us, the God who has come. I'll just tell you, we walk through those four in this last day of Advent as we explore what it truly means to experience Noel, what it truly means to define Noel. We recognize that Noel also is a verb, and it means to be born. To be born. And and this to be born is one that we see and we read about, particularly this time of year, the the nativity scene. Sometimes some of you have probably scene in your home where you've got the stable and you've got all the action figures in there, right, of all the people that were there, the people that participated. You've got Jesus there in the middle laying in a manger, probably something like this, all of it together. And for whatever reason, when all those things come together, we kind of had this picture, even when we read through the scripture of what it looks like, we've got the narrative of all of it. But there's one specific gospel that gives us a, a, a different look at the nativity. In fact, John in his gospel chooses not to talk about all the details of that evening, which we will sing about later today, but instead he determines and, and shares specifically what the theology looks like and particularly what the impact is of the coming of the king. And so I'm going to read from John chapter 1, something that I started at Simply Christmas a couple of weeks ago if you were there, this specific passage, but we're going to end with, a, with an exclamation point and a point of celebration. Starting in chapter 1, verse 1 of John's gospel, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing has made, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Then verse 9, it says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world he was made, and though the world was made uh, through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God." And then verse 14, the word became flesh. What does this mean? This means that Jesus, God himself, came in human form. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus, God in human form, moved into the neighborhood. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. And certainly as we look at what this represents and what we heard from the reading today when we lit the Christ candle, we recognize that this was the birth of light into the world. This was the birth of God bringing his goodness and his presence into a world that has fallen and broken and primarily, specifically for this metaphor, was spiritually dark. 
a world of darkness, a world of despair, a world of discouragement. And in that, he brought forth this result, these two very important keys and understanding of what God did as he contributed to this world. He came in two ways, full of both grace and truth. Grace specifically represents this, uh, the diversity of, the, of all who receive it. It brought forth this opportunity for the shepherds to see the star and to contribute and be part of and to, and to hear the gospel, to be part of this moment. Grace brought forth the opportunity to recognize the plight of Mary and Joseph, these two that were walking in a very difficult time and probably were looked at as outcasts in, in many different ways, and they found themselves in, in the middle of God's redemptive story. Grace brings forth an opportunity for, for you and I to respond to something that we can't earn. Because by definition, grace is not something that we can buy or something that we can work for or something that we can achieve on our own. No, it's something that we receive as a gift. And all the gifts that you'll get or give this weekend, perhaps tomorrow or whatever it might look like for you, all those gifts, the greatest gift that we can ever receive is that of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 12.9 reads like this. Jesus says this to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. My grace is all you will need. My power is made perfect in weakness. Even while you were yet sinners, even while you and I were living in darkness, God's grace was enough as it was birthed into this world as the light that shines beyond. And then the second thing is truth. The second result of this light coming into the world isn't just that God gives us a free pass and says, okay, well, you'll try harder next time, or, or maybe you'll, you'll respond differently in the future. Instead, there's this recognition that there's this balance of both grace and truth, and truth comes as a fulfillment of the Old Testament, recognizing all the prophecies that take place and the way that God moves. Certainly, Elizabeth knew about the, the, the prophecy coming to fruition as John the Baptist was, was, was born in her, as he, he fulfilled, God fulfilled this promise of bringing her a child. The Magi recognized the truth as they followed the one true king. The, the, their allegiance was to him. And, and even within the context of that, there's this recognition that all of the people that were waiting, the entire nation, recognized there was a Messiah to come. And therefore, the promise was once again brought to fruition. The prophecy was once again fulfilled. And truth entered the world. The, wor the word entered the world for you and I, for all people. I was asked recently, why not celebrate Christmas every single day? And certainly the premise of that sounds great. I think it's a good thing for us to live lives that, that respond to Christmas, that respond in a way where we say Christmas is, is something that every morning I, I reflect upon what God has done. I live differently as a result of his goodness. I, I want to give and I want to be a, a, a cheerful, loving giver. And at the same time, I want to grow in depth of my faith and in depth of my relationship with Jesus. But certainly there's something about the day of Christmas that calibrates things for us. There's something about the day of Christmas that, that brings forth a realignment of all the things that take place for us. There's something about a birthday, which you and I all celebrate every, every year, that, that brings forth a new clarity that helps us to kind of put things in order. And certainly we can celebrate Christmas any day, and you can celebrate all the things that Christmas represents every day, but tomorrow is Christmas. And while we have that concept, we can celebrate Christmas any day, tomorrow we have the opportunity to literally celebrate the coming of the king. 
We have a moment to celebrate the entrance of light into darkness. Tomorrow we have the opportunity to celebrate the, the coming of grace and truth and this balance of God's goodness and his love and his justice for each one of us. His word came into the world in human fashion. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, you've probably heard this, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has granted us this gift, and it's been lived out through the person of Jesus. It's been lived out through the life of Jesus. And as we reflect upon grace and truth, the question remains, why does this matter? In fact, why does to be born matter? I'd venture to say that to be born doesn't matter as much as the secondary question, which is to be reborn. Why does to be reborn matters? It matters as we look at this Christ candle lighting. We recognize the light that came into the world and the subsequent desired response for all of us. Certainly you've come in here today or perhaps you're joining online and you have a, 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 a background, you have a journey that you reflect upon, that you see the things that you've done, the things that you've not done, things you've said, all of those things. And all those things contribute to your journey, to your testimony to this point. And God is standing there, sitting there, and he's saying to each one of us, I want you to know me in a greater way. I want to know you in a greater way. I want a deeper relationship with you. I want you to know my goodness. I want you to experience my light. I want you to know grace and truth. There's four specific concepts within the gospel that I want to just talk about right now, and we're going to go real quick through them. Certainly, I know that this is a time where we set up ourselves for a reading plan through Scripture, and a lot of times what happens is you start in Genesis, and you get a couple of books in, you're like, man, there's a lot going on here, a lot of rules, a lot of stuff going on, and here's the, here's the deal. As far as the gospel is concerned, it's very simple. The first thing is this, God loves you. Now, this is just a general term where I'm saying it, you know, it's a plural thing for everybody in this room. Now, God loves you individually. He created you in his image. He created you intentionally on purpose. He has a plan for you, and he loves you. doesn't matter what you do or don't do. His love is not changed because of your response. He loves you. And the reason I know that's true is because he loves you even when you are a sinner. Because that's actually the second part of this. Sin separates us. Our action as human beings has separated us from the goodness of God. Our action has separated us from being able to be in the presence of a holy God. And therefore, the God that created us has attempted, or, and, and we sinned against it, has attempted to try to find a way, a specific way for us to be able to come back to him. And here's the best part, the third one. Jesus rescues you. Jesus has rescued you, has brought forth the opportunity for you to be rescued from your own damnation, from your own separation, from your own darkness. You've been created perfect. You, you've chosen through your free will to step away from that. But God doesn't say, good luck, I hope you figure it out. Instead, he says, I want you to experience my light. And then finally, the fourth one is the response altogether. And the question is this, what are you going to do with it? What's your response? Are you going to experience this light? Are you going to experience this grace and truth? Are you going to step forward in relationship with Christ in this holiday season and beyond? Is God going to permeate your heart? As we lit the Christ candle earlier, this question of, are you going to allow him to continue or to start to be Lord and Savior of your life? Lord, meaning the one who, who, who leads and guides. Savior, meaning the one who brings forth an opportunity for you to experience his goodness through his sacrifice on the cross. 
It's interesting to note that specifically as we walk through this season, we see many different traditions that resurface. You know, throughout the year, there may not be other things that, re, that, that we do traditionally, but for whatever reason, Christmas has specific traditions. And throughout church history, there's been a tradition of the hanging of the greens, which is something that's done early on, maybe in the first day of Advent, where there's, there's trees put up and wreaths and different green things throughout. And there's a representation there of the everlasting life that comes with uh, the greenery of, 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 uh, of, of the season and all of those things. But one of the things that takes place is that you don't necessarily decorate or even put lights on the trees or the wreaths or those types of things until later on, as the Advent season comes, to build to that anticipation, to that final moment of all of the spectacular, awesome things that God has done. You probably came in earlier in the Advent season, maybe you did, and, and you looked at the trees and you thought, wow, they're really bland. I wonder what's going on here. Let me just tell you, we weren't necessarily on a budget. We were doing that intentionally to reveal as we go what God can and does do as we continue to step through these moments of anticipation, excitement, and walking along with him. As we light the candle today, as we walk through this, I want to remind us of some key verses here. Verse 4, in him was life, and that life was a light of all mankind. The true light has, verse 9, the true light that gives life, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And then finally, once again, verse 14, the world, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I'm not a singer, and I told somebody this earlier, and you, you probably are happy that I, I don't sing uh, typically on the platform. I sing down there with no microphone on. But I remember some songs when I was younger, and specifically one of them was one that had a little bit to do with light. And it went like this, this little light of mine. Anybody heard this before? Okay, this light of mine. Okay, all right, you know the song. All right, good, 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 good. My favorite verse is the second one. And it goes a little bit like this. This little light of mine. Wait, no, no, uh, Steve, what? Come on. It goes like this. Hide it under a bushel. Hey, hey. a couple of you were in the first service. Thank you. Hide it under a bushel. All right, that's not good enough. Hide it under a bushel. All right, if you don't get it right, we're not going to ever leave. So let's do it right. Ready? Hide it under a bushel. All right, that wasn't much better, but we're going to move on. The reality of it is that God has given us the opportunity to allow his light to shine within us. And as we embrace this season, as we embrace this time, we have people within our sphere of influence, whether it be family or friends or neighbors or coworkers or whoever you have within your sphere of influence that can and has the opportunity to be able and to experience his light through you. And in just a moment, as the praise team is going to uh, begin to play, we're going to sing a song together. And as we sing that song, as we sing that song, the recognition is this, that each of you is going to have a candle. And I'm going to pray, and we're going to light those candles together. But the thing about it is it's not just going to be every person lighting. We're going to light one another as we go down the line. And there's this symbolic recognition that our lights can and should be contagious. We have opportunity to step into this world just as Christ did to reflect the fact that we have been reborn in him. And that moment of celebration can be one that has an outpouring far beyond our own life. God has granted you, he's granted me the opportunity to be able to experience light in him that I could not earn, that I could not pay for 
that I could not attain without his free gift for me. Thank you again for spending time with us today. Thank you especially to those of you who give to CCWC. It is through your faithfulness that makes this ministry possible. Also, if you have any questions about today's teaching or if you want to learn more about CCWC, feel free to contact our office, check the web, or follow us on our social media platforms. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do encourage you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with friends. Let this be a blessing to someone else that you love in your life. You're always welcome to join us on Sunday morning for worship, or until then, we'll catch you on the next one. God bless.